Hello there, you lovely, lovely listener, and welcome back to the show. This is Beyond the Studio, and it's episode 15, and it is a very interesting episode indeed because we are digging back into the archives today. We are going back to the Liverpool Electronic Sound Summit from last year, March last year, believe it or not, one of the final events I attended before. Well, you know what happened after that. We don't really need to go into that too much. So the Liverpool Electronic Sound Summit is a very special event in the Liverpool calendar. It has really helped put Liverpool on the map in the last few years in terms of electronic music events and great, great masterclasses and talks from a number of different people and I've been thankfully and uh, honourably very much involved right from the beginning. I have interviewed people such as Sam Devine and many, many others and conducted some masterclasses myself. They have always kept me busy, the crew at the Liverpool Audio Network and I'm very thankful for it. And hopefully this year will not be any different because they are about to announce, and by the time you're listening to this, they probably already have announced that they are back in September of 2021 with a very, very interesting lineup. And of course, NYT will be a big part of that going forward. So check out Liverpool Audio Network, check out Electronic Sound Summit on their website, on social media, Liverpool Audio on Instagram, and you will see details as well as stuff that we'll be doing. So you'll see all the announcements there, I'm sure. So this panel is actually a mental health panel that NYT put together for the Sound Summit. So it seemed good with the announcements today that we dig into the archives and get this panel out there in audio form. And it was a great discussion that we had at last year's Electronic Sound Summit with uh, Jono from ACS Hearing Protection, who's got an amazing story about his journey through tinnitus and hearing loss, etc., whilst being a professional musician that steered him into the field of hearing protection. We've got Neil Davis, who is our in-house health and wellness expert and also heads up Future Vibes, which is an amazing platform for the music industry centering on health and wellness. So I urge you to check out all of Neil's work there. He does amazing things with brands like Anjuna Deep and Carla Festival. It's a, it's a really amazing thing that he does. So check that out and you'll be hearing a lot more from Neil in subsequent episodes as well, I promise. And none other than Denny. So Denny's on a real hot streak right right now and it was really very much the beginning of that you know with what he was kind of getting up to up and towards the the lockdown last year he's just had a massive record with just hair and he's got many many great productions in the bag he had his release with d ramirez and many many others and he's doing great stuff and he's also a big mental health advocate as well i've always enjoyed hanging around with james i think he's a great guy he's a great personality in the scene and also has an amazing insight from the realities of life as a tour and artist and that's exactly what it's all about here we focus very much on solutions in this panel and we look at how you you can thrive, not just survive in the music industry. There's an amazing amount of insight in this, so I shall let you get on with it and let you hear this panel from the 2020 Electronic Sound Summit, Mental Health in the Music Industry. It's about how you thrive, not just survive. Enjoy. Great stuff. Thank you, one and all, for coming to this panel. And this is something that myself here at uh, Liverpool Audio Network and NYT Make a Transition put together because the mental health discussion has been quite an important one in recent years. 
but for us it feels like we need to maybe move the conversation on a little bit. We've had a couple of years now where we've really focused in, and quite rightly so, on what the issues are. So we can define the issues that we face as artists and as people who work in the industry. That's a very necessary part of it. This panel is going to be slightly different today in that we're going to focus on the positive aspects of living a life in music, how we can maintain a great balance so we can actually create a life where we can do what we love and what we have passion for, which is music, for as long as possible. So with that being said, I'm going to introduce our panelists and in fact, they're going to introduce themselves. So we'll start with Neil and we'll move across. Hi guys, um, my name's Neil. Um, in simple terms, I'm a wellness consultant, and sound therapist, coach, and um, I run wellness for festivals such as Kala and Anjuna Explorations. Cool. Okay. Hello, I'm Denny. Um, I'm a DJ producer. Um, yeah, and do that, and have done that for about 20 years now. Cool. Hello, my name is John O'Hill, director at ACS Custom. Uh, we make uh, custom hearing protection and in-ear monitors, but uh, I'm also a victim of the music industry in terms of chronic tinnitus and music-induced hearing loss. Okay, so uh, we're going to start with a question for Danny, because obviously you've been touring and have had a very, you know, very, very successful career as a touring artist and as a yeah. producer. So the question is, how the hell do you maintain a balance? How do you look so good, first and foremost? <laughs> <Do I? laughs> um, I've just come back from my Ibiza yesterday, so That'll it's probably do it. That'll do it. <laughs> um, I'm getting caught up there. Um, yeah, I mean, I used to get smashed pretty much every gig, I'll just say. I just um, used to drink heavily and give in to temptations on the road um, and that kind of took its toll I'd say about six years ago and yeah I just mentally physically um, you know just falling from a gig to an airport on no sleep and then what something happened in Barcelona where my flight got cancelled and I actually got stuck because of the air traffic for two days and it was just a nightmare and that was it I was like never again so yeah I mean it's I, you know there's so many temptations on the road um, and you just need to you need to make it a career you know you, this is my job I'm there to do a job I can't you know if I get smashed one night the next night I'm not going to do as good a job I'm going to be tired and you know people are paying it come and see you and it's just not fair on them so you need to um, you know just rein it in I think, and now I don't, like if I'm touring, I don't even drink, really. I've taken alcohol off my rider. Um, and yeah, I'm currently two months sober. <laughs> Excellent, congratulations. Cheers. No, amazing. Um, I mean, it's not, I, was, I said I'd do 100 days, you know, I was never, I never had like an addiction or anything, but you just kind of get, you fall victim, it becomes a habit, and then it's just not, it's not good. It's not good when you're traveling, and I'm getting a bit older now as well, so it takes me a long time to recover. Yeah, hangovers. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's the hangovers take a lot longer when you get older, right? No, exactly. And, and you know, I think it's right. So I think you would probably agree with me by saying that actually it's the fact that the industry's grown up 
a lot. Yeah. And you've probably seen this a lot in the last 20 years as well, where it's gone from almost like the Wild West in the back end of the 90s. Absolutely. Into this huge industry now. I mean, yeah, I used to, I used to do a weekly residency at a club called Back to Basics in Leeds, and that was known for just being nuts, basically. <laughs> so um, that, that was probably the, the heaviest point, I would say, in terms of going out on a Friday and then falling in on a Monday or a Tuesday morning early every week. And it's just... Well, the thing was, there was no light shone on mental health then, so it was just like, oh, I feel awful, you know? And it's, it's, it shouldn't be like that, really. Um, it's, yeah, you just, you just need to look after yourself. That's what it comes down to, and just know your own body, really. John? I was just going to say, you know, when it goes from being, you know, when you're an up-and-coming artist, whether it's electronic dance music industry or rock and roll, and then it's it's gone from a hobby to a sort of semi-professional and then suddenly professional, and in creative arts, it's, you know, the entertainment industry is very social, there's a lot of temptations, as you say, and it, but when it becomes your job, and suddenly it's every night... You know, it's not, you, you have to treat it like a job. It's like, you know, if you had any other professional job, would you get pissed every night or, yeah. you know, or do whatever <laughs> and, and then have to do it the same day? You know, if you do a tour after three or four days, it's, it's, it's not really fun anymore. It becomes, you know, so it's that transition between yeah. it becoming your career and then, because, you know, it's a very social environment and there are things, as you say. So yeah, you've got absolutely. to treat it like any other, any other job. Yeah, exactly. And again, that's that transition point, isn't it, where obviously we're all getting older, shall we say. And it's also the fact, as I say, because the industry's grown up, it's a very different experience for you, you know, having a weekly residency where yeah. you could probably get wrecked on the Saturday because, you know, you've got until the following Saturday to recover. Well, I think, I think the thing with me was, obviously, I, I lived in Leeds at the time. It was on my doorstep. So when I started playing more internationally, I, was, I guess... Like, I've never actually thought about this till now. I guess I was kind of taking in what I knew on a weekly basis and then going, and then it very quickly became apparent that is not the way that I can continue because it's, you know, you've got to be up early the next day. You get kicked out of your hotel at 12 o'clock. You need to be on a flight. You need to be picked up, then driven, especially in America, like the airport's like an hour away sometimes. So, and then you've, you know, the time zones and everything, and you're on your own. And it's just, you know, you can go from playing a festival to 4,000 people to 20 minutes later being in a hotel room on your own with your ears ringing and just, like, leathered. And it's not... It's just a mental... Mentally, it's just... That's crazy enough in itself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So to, to focus on the positives then, you know, what does touring look like for you now and how do you feel that the changes you've made have benefited you as an artist, but also, most importantly, as a human being? Um, just getting to appreciate everything. So it's not, you know, I'm getting to see places, uh, the food, I love, like, good food, getting to experience cultures and things like that. You know, before I just might go and fall into bed and try and get two hours sleep or something like that. Or, you know, it wasn't every gig I'd do that, but it was quite regularly and... You know, I still see friends now who live that lifestyle and they, some people, I've, I always say there's two kinds of people. There's two people that keep going like that and they just keep going and keep going and keep going. But I mean, there's never a happy ending to that lifestyle. And then there's the ones that kind of, 
you know, there's so many people like myself that are like, not anymore. There's no after parties. Do you know what I mean? I never go to after parties now. Um, sleep as much as I can, exercise, eat healthily. Um, and that's, yeah. And you think it's benefited you as an artist in the way that you perform when you are oh, I'm 100% a better DJ when I'm sober than, you know, when you're leathered. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's something that has taken time and I've kind of, I've definitely felt mental health for the bad bits of it because not so much, just tiredness as well, that's the thing that really messes you up. You know, if you don't sleep for three days, like, or have an hour here or three hours there, that throws you anyway. You know, you throw alcohol, and then the thing as well with alcohol is you, um, you start eating, if you're hungover the next day, you don't want to go and eat, you know, fruit and salad, you want to go and eat a, a burger or a pizza or some, some stodgy food, so then it's just a vicious cycle, but yeah, it's um, just to eat, eat healthily, exercise, you know, you can have a, have a couple of beers here and there, that's by all means, but you don't have to just sit there slinging vodkas down your neck well, the yeah, whole time, it, do you know what I mean? It's everything, in, I mean, one of my favourite phrases is it's everything in moderation, including moderation. Yeah, totally, you know, you can pick, pick and choose your battles and stuff, but just don't, just because it's there, you don't have to partake in it all the time. You mm. know, Fatboy Slim, I remember him telling me something where he was like, you know, when he went sober, he goes, I totally endorse having a good 35 years of partying. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, th I think it's just get you know, I, just, I enjoy like my Sundays now. I know it sounds mental, but I really appreciate going for Sunday dinners because it's like, I used to just stay in bed all Sunday. So yeah, yeah it's, yeah. Uh, I guess it just, just comes with getting older and then, the traveling thing as well no you're right and, and it's also again i mean it always sounds like doesn't it like the, the oh yeah the boring obvious stuff doesn't it yeah go on eat vegetables and go to sleep but it is actually they're the key things and they are the cliche things for a reason because they, they work and you know i can echo james's sentiment where alcohol's concerned because i spent 18 months off the booze yeah. in the end and when i finally decided to reintegrate alcohol into my life i actually enjoy it now I drink far less than I used to. Well, I never drank, I never ever drank at home. Like, I never ever used to sit there and drink at home, but I would just binge on a weekend. And mm. that was, you know, that's kind of th throwing your body all over as well. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I said I'd try and do 100 days sober. Mm. So I'm 65 days in now. Mm. So. Cheers, I, mate, I did the exact same thing and yeah. got to 100 and decided to keep going. Oh, it's been easy, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just, yeah, I'm going to keep going. I feel, you know, just the difference mentally as well. So mm. It does make a difference. But what's funny is, as you know, with my story yeah. Yeah, on, the, on the drink and stuff, is then people go, Jono, what's wrong with you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I'm not drinking anymore. It's like, what's, the, what's, the, what's the matter with you? Is, is this the same guy? You know, it's, yeah. it's really yeah. weird how it's socially acceptable, especially yeah. in this industry. I think there is changes coming though, Neil. Yeah. See, I mean, I've always been absolutely fascinated, like since I was a kid, is, is doesn't matter what country you go to in the world, it is socially acceptable on a Friday and a Saturday to get absolutely bladdered, you know. And if you are tra and if you are travelling around and DJing and um, and that and and you know even with with a lot of um, you know athletes I've worked with, you know I'm not going to go into which sports or, or, or athletes, but it's socially acceptable. As soon as you finish that sport, as soon as you are up on that stage or whatever, it is 
here's the alcohol, off you go, you crack on. You know, I've, I mean, I've even known athletes to have been pulled off a field, concussed, to then be straightened at the pub and straight onto it. But it's, it's that thing, it's, it's socially acceptable and it's everywhere, but it's a, it's a relationship that I, I personally feel that, you know, we've got an ability to nurture and to balance. And I suppose that's where the, 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 the treats come in, is when you get that balance and you get that right. You know, because you yeah. can absolutely enjoy alcohol. You know, for me, mezcal, love it, but probably only have it maybe twice, three times a year. That's it. That's yeah. just you know. Mm. No, exactly. And we're so rock and roll, aren't we? I know, yeah. <laughs> I know. Four old dudes talking about how we don't drink anymore on stage for forty-five minutes. Wow, what an idea for a panel that was. Anyway, so we're going to move on to Neil because Neil's got a really interesting, uh, you know, uh, total perspective on it. And uh, Neil, as he mentioned before, you know, he's a, he's a health and wellness consultant amongst many, many other things, and uh, also a sound therapist as well. And me and Neil actually qualified together in sound therapy, which is really cool. And again, your work with festivals like Carla and Anjuna Deep is really interesting because it's it's showing a. Uh, a development or an increase in awareness of wellness within the club and festival experience. So how have you become involved in those programs? What's involved and how do you think they're helping to evolve festival culture? Um, well, yeah, a few things there, but um, I mean, for me, I, I've been in, involved in wellness for, for a long, long time. Um, I've been DJing for a long time as well, um, and I've been into the extremes of both. Um, you know, it's super healthy and super clean to falling over and struggling to get on flights and all sorts. And um, seeing this this big emergence of wellness as a as a global title um, and the shift in consciousness in people, people are becoming more and more aware. And I think awareness is is something that is really really important. And what's what's been brilliant to see is that a lot of people that have I've chatting with other DJs as well and and um, and artists and now festivals are acknowledging that you know we need to look after ourselves and it's not just a hey don't take drugs or hey you know don't stay up for three four days it's like how can we actually help and how can we you know offer people a different and deeper experience while obviously making sure that they are nourishing themselves and looking after themselves so um, so first of all, from my side, it's, it's like hats off to all the big uh, festivals, all the big labels, all those that are really embracing wellness um, and actually creating something really unique. And I know, um, obviously, my work with Carla and Anjuna and uh, a couple others, it's like we're really pushing wellness now to, to be on equal par by getting people who are the top of the top within sound therapy, within meditation, within yoga, um, getting those people who are really you know, who've got big lessons to share and getting them on board just as a, you know, as another artist for the, for the festivals. So, you know, with, with both of those, what we, we try and do is we try and look at all elements of, of wellness as, as best we can. With the programs, we look at a lot of movement work and movement's not just yoga, but we do a lot of play with things like animal movement, all your functional movement patterns, stuff you do every day, sitting, standing, you know, lunging, all that kind of stuff. So we build in movement work, but we build in um, sound meditations as well, which, you know, I've had a good friend of mine, um, he calls it lazy man's yoga. <laughs> Just lie down, you know. For anybody that hasn't done a, any sound journeys or sound meditations, I'd highly recommend it. We're all clearly into sound as well, and it's just basically using um, certain instruments and frequencies at specific 
times to to nourish and to allow the body and the mind to reset itself. Uh, it's, and you know you can travel into all sorts of different realms mentally, but it's it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, we try and include as much as possible to give people an opportunity to just reset and just push the rebalance button within those. So. Amazing, amazing. And moving on to Jono for a second here. Um, obviously, you're a director of ACS Custom, uh, who are doing fantastic work in the field of hearing protection. And obviously, as, you, as we know, you have your own very unique story about, as you said before, being a victim of the music industry and having your own uh, you know, hearing loss and stuff like that. How are you supporting artists and obviously wider than that, how are you supporting people in being able to you know, extend their careers or to enjoy a long and full life in music? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot of artists say to us, both in electronic dance and rock and roll, is, is if, if my ears don't work, then neither do, neither do I. You know, that's kind of what they say. So uh, whether that's, uh, yeah, you know, music... It's, it's, like, it's not like any other job, it consumes your whole life, it's a passion, you know, obviously we have this passion for a, a creative art and it consumes our, our whole life, that's why, that's why we do it. So our hearing is obviously very important to us and very a precious, sensitive sense. Mm. So, um, yeah, so I think for us it's three things really, awareness, it's not just about selling more earplugs and, mm. you know, most, we, 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 we've become the kind of the music industry standard in hearing protection for, for the music industry but it's not just about shifting more earplugs it's 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 about raising awareness educating and, and, and informing people about the right sorts of protection because there is still this ongoing changing culture you know just mm. let's, just with hearing or you know that you, know, you say you mentioned you say earplugs and people think oh well i want to hear the music you know, and I'm, I was the same. You know, I, no one told me 15 years in the business, and nobody had said. That's why I'm very passionate about it because, you know, I can't believe I worked professionally for 15 years and nobody said I could be damaging one of my senses as an occupational hazard. Um, and the audiologist actually, when I had my hearing test, and I, I was aware of the chronic tinnitus. I'd had temporary tinnitus, but then it became permanent, which freaked me out. And I talk about that and, and the impact on my personal and professional life and my mental health. But um, the audiologist said, you know, uh, yeah, classic noise-induced hearing loss, Mr. Heal. Why didn't you wear any earplugs? And I said, what, what are you talking about? I wanna, you know. He said, have you worked in the aircraft industry? I said, no. <laughs> he said, I've worked in music. And he said, yeah, well, why didn't you wear any earplugs? And I was like, what are you talking about? I want to hear the music. I don't want to block it out. Not knowing, obviously, like now, you can get attenuating ones. So yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a changing culture. We've seen a lot of, uh, we've worked with a lot of people, charities and organisations, British Tinnitus Association, Help Musicians UK and various other organisations, Association for Electronic Music, mm -hmm. IMS, we're partners with IMS, now raising awareness about hearing conservation. But not to scare people, but then there's the knock-on effect from that, so it's not just about damaging your hearing, but the impact, as we know, uh, that tinnitus... I don't know if any, any of you have probably witnessed this yourself, a whistling or perceived whistling or ringing in your head, how it can, when it becomes chronic, how, you know, you can't sleep, you know, and you become paranoid about listening to music. I know that's, that's what happened to me. And then your impact, you know, it can have on your mental health as well. So, yeah, so extending people's careers by protecting themselves with the, with the right form of protection. The, prob the problem is with electronic dance music is, is that you need to move a, a certain amount of air 
so through bone induction you can feel the base. Mm. But as human beings, we're more susceptible to damage in the mid and high frequency bandwidth, partly because of the resonant frequency in the auditory canal, would you believe, is slap bang in the middle of the frequency of the, 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 the vibrations we make from the human voice. So we've evolved to be in tune with those. But that resonant frequency is usually an octave above, which is why people with music-induced and noise-induced hearing loss have a big notch at about 4 kilohertz, 246 kilohertz which is bad for us, especially with our language systems, because it's, it's in the bandwidth of all the consonants. Fththsk sounds. So you Do start- you swear then or? Yeah. <laughs> so in social situations, you start not being able to hear what people are saying, especially female voices and children's voices, because they're slightly further up the bandwidth, mm. which is what happened to me. And so then you get accused of selective hearing. But in actual fact, <laughs> I actually do have an, have an excuse. But for me, the tinnitus was a, was a big problem. I, I retracted for music straight, very much so. And um, yeah, it was like, oh my God, I'm going to have this in my head for the rest of my life. Mm. Uh, and I think at the time, I think it's, it's changed now just quickly, but the, you, know, you go and see a doctor or an audiologist and they go, oh, well, you've been, you've been in the music industry, you've been listening to music, you've been having a great time. It's like, but it was my job. This is my, these are, you know... And so, you know, I think the under, from the medical profession, and there is a lot more work in that f sector now to support artists mm. yeah, and understand it, because they just think you're having a jolly time mm. and it's your own fault because you've listened to loads of loud music. But mm. in any other occupation, in any other industry, it'd be viewed quite seriously. Mm. No, so, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And Danny, is, in terms of you being, again, the tour and artist, um, what has your experience been with embracing hearing protection in the booth, in the club, and essentially looking at your ears as the asset that they are? Um, well, I mean, I spend a lot of time in the studio as well midweek, so I don't really get a break. I mean, if I do a big tour, I'll have a week off. Um, but yeah, I need to... I mean, when I met Jono just before, I said immediately that like ACS, I've been using them for years, so... Um, You'd, I mean, some of the systems I walk into, you know, at festival stages, um, even clubs that aren't tuned properly, you know, some of the, you can, I can walk away from like a 200 cap venue and my ears ringing would be ringing more than a festival for like 5,000 people yeah. because the system's not set up right. So um, it totally depends. But yeah, I mean, when I was younger, it, it was you know, I didn't really pay attention that much to it. Um, but then I remember I was walking down the street once and I just kind of got this, like, and it kind of knocked, knocked me off balance a little bit. I was like, what's that? And it kind of went and I went like that and then it went and that was the first time it happened and it is scary. Um, and I get that now and again, but I, I'm really kind of conscious of my ears now. And obviously, mm. like going back, it sounds like I'm a, Right, party animals and I was, but <laughs> going back to when you know you're drinking and you're not really aware of how loud the monitors are. Or I've walked into DJ booths before where the DJ's absolutely smashed and the booth monitors are like up full, and I'm like put my bag down. I'm like God. Um, so yeah, I'm really conscious of when I'm not doing a mix or something. I'll turn the booth monitors down, um, and that's really the only. That's kind of last few years. Um, Headphones as well, they're a nightmare. Um, make sure your headphones aren't too loud, because I used to be a nightmare for that as well. 
Um, but yeah, it's just general well-being, I think. If you, you know, you just got to pay attention to your body. Um, mm. But it is good there's more light being shone on this stuff. Because when I started DJing, it was, on, you know, it was totally unheard of. You didn't mm. see people wearing earplugs. And I have to say, so many DJs who I know from like the old guard from the 90s are actually wearing um, hearing, yeah. hearing aids, but like the hearing aids that just pick up certain frequencies. And yeah, I'm, I'm seeing those a lot more now. Um, so yeah, it, it really is. Because obviously, you know, the old warehouse raves and stuff in the 90s, you know, there were 10,000 people in there. Just people made their own systems, didn't they? Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, if, if you're out there DJing, just totally be aware um, and do protect it because they will go. Mm. And I've seen, I've seen it happen to people. There was a DJ years ago called, you might remember him, Switch. Yeah. And his eardrum burst. Mm. Um, and I know Sasha, he perforated his eardrum like years ago as well. Mm. So it's kind of a, um, he's healed luckily, but I know this, you've heard so many horror stories. It's our livelihood at the end of the day, you know, if my eardrum bursts, that's me not working for a good long while, I can't do the studio, what am I gonna do? And that's, you know, again, affects your mental health. Mm. Um, you know, that, the thought of that terrifies me, to be honest, because mm. um, I don't know how I would handle that personally, but mm. yeah, it's something that I can't stress enough, just take control of straight away. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, from my perspective as well, um, I haven't done a lot of touring myself over the years and a lot of studio work. Uh, what well, I have tinnitus, like simple as, you know, it's a, it's a constant thing. And for me, what's kind of helped for me, again, on top of the wearing of the hearing protection, and actually I found the better my nutrition got and the better my alcohol consumption got, my tinnitus actually became much more manageable that was a huge positive in that respect but also as well things like meditation has completely changed the game for me to an extent where now to be completely honest with you my tinnitus is almost completely unnoticeable yeah i've got a friend actually who does i can't is it craniotherapy or something where, Cranios, is it simon baker simon baker yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. he's um a friend yeah a friend of mine from leeds and he was a really kind of doing really well touring DJ um, and he he just disappeared I didn't see him for ages and I was like I, I thought about him a few times I was like what have happened to Baker and then it turned out that he's got such bad tinnitus he just stopped touring and went and retrained and found this is it what is it craniotherapy yeah craniosacral therapy yeah and um, yeah it's something to do with the nerves your nervous system and it calms the tennis is down, so I'd never heard of that until recently because he's just he's a fully trained therapist now. But um, yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen people affected quite badly by it, and just like I say, even just stop touring hmm. because of it. Yeah, exactly. And Neil, in terms of your experience with things like hearing loss from your perspective, with your body of expertise, what have you found have been, because you're a DJ as well, amongst everything else, you know, what has been your experience in this field and what kind of advice can you impart on people? Um, well, I think it's pretty clear now that it's become uh, more prevalent. There, It's a lot more uh, producers, DJs, everybody is, is getting involved with... Um, using correct hearing protection, using correct uh, headphones as well. 
um, and that's great because it's filtering down through through society, which is which is absolutely brilliant. But there is that there's still that underlying um, thought of louder is always better, you know, and it's and it's slowly but surely changing, which is great. But you know, I do see quite a few clients with with tinnitus, and I've suffered with tinnitus myself, um, and a lot of that actually comes from stress within the body. And one of the things that we do forget is that, um, and I don't want to get too geeky here, but basically we've got a, a primary nervous system called the vagal nervous system. And we are basically an antenna for um, frequencies, vibration, and, and typically everything is frequencies of vibration. Now once we add stress to that, we add stress to the whole system. And as soon as stress is placed within that system, it has to go up into the brainstem and then it gets basically, um, let's say, understood if you will. And so. If there's large quantities of stress in the, in the, in the external world because we're a product of our environment, uh, whether it's stress from not eating well, whether it's stress from being in a busy club, whether it's stress from excess sound or whatever, uh, it's going to have to come out somewhere and typically that comes out in the areas that are most susceptible and most susceptible areas typically are hearing. And you know, one of the things that we learned when we did a sound therapy course is that the first, and John, you'll, you'll probably know this as well, is like the first organ to develop is actually our hearing. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's definitely something that's it's now being spoken about a lot more, which is absolutely brilliant. But I think we also need to acknowledge as well as, is things like, um, which is the World Health Organization are just looking into now, it's the burden of disease from environmental noise, which I thought sounded extremely geeky and awesome. But what's, what the what World Health, World Health Organization are doing is they're actually looking into the effects of living in noisy environments. And what's, that's, uh, what some of the research has shown is that those noisy environments from physical noise is creating things like uh, cardiovascular disease, stress disease, anxiety as well. You know, and, and it's all part and parcel because you know, Eastern world is mind and body as one. For us, for some reason, mind and body is separate. But you know, we've got to remember that it is one, and if we are um, putting ourselves into a stressful environment, from nourishing the body to the work that we're doing, you know, that's going to have a, a, an effect internally as well. We haven't evolved, you know, as human beings to cope with lots of noise, you know, in, no. na naturally. Um, the same with probably we haven't evolved to cope with a lot of information through social media. So we're now finding that we need to limit it. We're exposed to more amplified music and sounds than ever before in the history of the human race. And, and if you're into music, you're working in music and you love music, you're consuming music and amplified sounds socially and recreationally all the time. So it's your exposure time, it's your exposure, you know, not to get into the, too much into the nitty gritty of your safe exposure time at certain sound pressure levels, but that, that's what it is. So if you're listening to portable music devices loud and then you're in a studio and then you're, then you're in a club, you know, that's all part of your dose, if you like. So I think it's a bit like the social media mentioned in the last panel, you know, it's kind of like limiting it a little bit and, you know, resting your ears because we, we haven't evolved, have we? And, you know, and with constant noise or sounds, that, that you can torture humans like that. It's a lot of, uh, it's, it's a lot for us to process. And I don't know about you, but I know when it is very noisy, you've been around loud music for a long time, it's very fatiguing. Mm. And if you have worn hearing protection, I feel a lot more calmer mm. and, and a lot more, I don't feel so fatigued, you know, because if you're being exposed to this processing, this, yeah. you know, stuff. You I know, got to a point where I, I actually would 
I could just couldn't stand the thought of going to a club because of the fact that I knew I would leave feeling like I've got my head stuck in a box of cotton wool. And now I actually really enjoy going to the club and I feel a bit smug, to be honest. You know, with my earplugs in. And I leave the club and I take my earplugs out and it's like, ah, I don't even feel like I've been in a club. And that's, that's a really refreshing thing. And, you know, again, that's about the longevity aspect of it as well, isn't it? Which is, well, you know, if we can protect ourselves and look after what we have and then be able to minimise the impact. Because, again, like you said, sir, because Jono and I, we did a, a live masterclass for our uh, members on NYT a couple of weeks ago. And we were saying that 100% of all of this here and loss is preventable. It's completely preventable. So, again, it's about raising awareness and, and having good practices as well, for sure. And managing it, it's not like we... I mean, me, as a slightly older gentleman, is it's not, you know, it's sort of like... It's like your dad going, oh, turn it down, you know, don't listen to loud music <laughs> or whatever. Hey, I like loud music. It, you know, you want to feel it. You want to feel the bass, you know, ex-bass player. I want to, you know, feel it. But... Um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's about managing it. It's like social media. We all love it. We want it. We want to consume it and stuff. But it's, mm. it's, you know, it's, keeping, it's keeping the yin and yang in life in everything, isn't it? It's keeping a balance. Everything in moderation. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. So, yeah, I mean, we've obviously spoken about the potentially, you know, stressing effects of noise and sound. So I thought it would be good to actually talk about the more positive aspects of it. And Neil, obviously, you know, being what he is in terms of his qualifications, I mean, just to come to you for a second, like, what are the more positive aspects of sound and how can sound actually help us with all of this? Well, I think, um, again, I don't want to go down a big rabbit hole here, but fundamentally, I think we'll all agree that we were taught as kids that that chair over there is a whole bunch of vibrating atoms. So... Everything in, in essence is vibration. And with sound, basically, if there's any kind of vibration or any kind of movement, um, there has to be a sound produced. And so it doesn't matter, well, for us, we can only hear on a, on a certain scale, but anytime there, there is that, that production of movement, there, there is sound. So in essence, if we're going to simplify things and look at our physical body, we are just a whole bunch of cells making noise. You know? And so. You only have to look at going in, in and seeing a gig of your favorite DJ, producer, whatever, and standing in front of a speaker, and if it's a track that's absolutely bang, the first thing that happens is your physical body moves, your energy moves, your mental state moves, your emotion moves. You know? So all of that changes and can change very positively very, very quickly. Doing, using sound therapy and tools like that, it's exactly the same, and the beauty of it is, is we can just do it at home because we can get up in the morning and, or we typically do it anyway, we get up in the morning, we need to get going, we might put something on that's got a bit more drive, a bit more kick, depending on your preference, DMB, whatever. If you want to chill out, there's the whole idea of, oh, just listen to classical music. But we're actually in the day and age now where we've got a lot of music that's, that's um, you know, specifically designed and produced to put you into certain mental states where you can listen to more of the cool, like, down-tempo stuff. I mean, for me, I like things like Fat Freddy's Drop, around 80 beats per minute early morning it can get the heart going if you're going to be doing stretching and things like that but with the diversity of music that we've got now we can actually start tapping into that and so you know one of the take home things for me is is that you can use sound and music and to change your state whenever you want you know it's there and it's 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 shown 
that by putting something on that's nice and down tempo, nice and chill, it will allow your system just to completely settle and completely chill out. You know, we don't have to get scientific on it. And if you do, there are apps, there are platforms that you can go and you can tune into, into things like that, that will have your binaural beats, that will have your specific frequencies. You know, so. And there's a very interesting and long conversation that we may well save for another day about how actually as music producers as well, we can become more aware of that and understand how we present sound frequencies to people in a way that actually allows people to leave the dance floor feeling better than how they walked on. I mean, I think it's a job as a DJ is to do that, to make them like have a good time and take them. That's kind of what you do. You need to, you know, leave, leave people having a really good time. You know, they want to go home and they want to be buzzing. That's what I want when I go out and see a band or a DJ. Um, yeah, in order to do that, I don't think, I, I mean, for me personally, I, I love watching DJs that kind of create moments and like you say, they might drop something totally unexpected and it changes the whole vibe. Um, I think that's the beauty of DJing and, you know, for me, I like longer sets and that's what enables, but that's another conversation. Um, but yeah, 100%, I mean, a good example of like a DJ set in the tone is if you go to like Cafe Del Mar, Mambo's, they do the sunset, before the sunset, it's so Balearic, ambient, chilled. Then once the sun goes down, the music instantly changes and you feel the whole vibe at the island will change. And then, you know, you go into nighttime and the music picks up and then you go, it gets ready to go to the club. So, you know, they've been doing that for years. And I mean, hippies used to do it on the beach, didn't they? You know, they've just- Still playing, do it. Yeah, yeah, still do it, still playing their instruments. And, you know, it's kind of a very human thing to do, I think. Just music's an escape and it always has been. Mm, no, amazing. So to finish off, I wanted to ask each person on the panel for their advice that if you could actually have everybody in this room do one thing that would enhance their well-being, what would it be? I'm looking at Jono and Jono's like, oh. Um, just be aware. Yeah, great be, word. Be aware. But I have to just get a little plug in if I, if I can. You had 15 minutes worth, I've okay. <laughs> but, but there is understanding, I think our industry, there's more understanding in, 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 in you know, uh, occupational health. Because if you talk to your doctor and you go, oh, I'm struggling, I've, you know, I've got anxiety and I've got maybe a bit of a problem. They go, what have you been doing? Oh, well, I've been in Ibiza for three months. And they go, well, just don't. But, you know, it's like they, there's not a lot of sympathy there, but the industry is changing. But there's a charity called Help Musicians UK that's not just about musicians. And they launched just over a year ago um, a campaign called Music Minds Matter, um, where they actually have almost like a Samaritan's helpline where you can actually phone and speak to somebody about various you know, health and mental health issues, but they will understand you as an artist, as a DJ, as a musician. They, will, they understand the industry. Because unfortunately, if you talk to your GP or whatever, they may not understand it or they may think, well, just, you know, you're, you're involved in going to clubs and stuff like that. They might, might not take it so seriously. That's unfortunate, but it's, it's true. So, you know, Music Minds Matters uh, is, is, is amazing. So there is more help and so, so yeah, be aware. Be aware. Education. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Neil? Um, as always, I like to look like, 
holistic as possible. And for me, I think the key is honesty. Um, being honest with yourself of where you're at at any stage. It doesn't matter what aspect of well-being, whether it's uh, obviously mental well-being. Um, you know, and I, this is what I, I get clients to do, and I don't want to go too woo-woo, but at the same stage as when was the last time did you actually have a cup of tea or a coffee and sit down by yourself and have a chat with yourself? How am I feeling? How things been? How's my mind going? You know, how's my creativity? How am I physically feeling? You know, so it's just, it's that being honest with yourself. And if you, if you notice that, you know, you are, you know, not struggling, but anxiety is something that's prevalent, then brilliant, because you know how to make the next step, because the first doctor that you ever see is you. You're the one who goes, I've got the tools and techniques to deal with this, or I don't have the tools and techniques, which is why there are people who specialize in this. But be honest, you know. If you eat crap food and you feel crap, then there's no point in saying, oh, it's probably because I didn't go running. It's probably because the food was crap, so I feel crap. Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, as I said, honesty is, is, is key. Danny? Um, I think just the word balance, really. I think, you know, people are going to go out. They're always going to have drinks. They're going to stay up, you know, but just look after each other you know it's fine to go home um balance it out get some good sleep after go to glastonbury i don't know then spend the next five days getting good sleep exercise you know plenty of water good food and you know it's okay to go home that's something i wish if i could tell my younger self i'd just fight going home to bed and i was like just go home man it's cool get a film on get a cup of tea um and yeah just exercise get out in nature that's a big one for me mm. open space um and just just listen to your body and then also if you know just check on your mates especially at the minute you know social media if you're feeling like shit and then you look on social media and everyone's just posting you know i'm doing this i'm doing that it doesn't make you feel good and that's you know i'm a strong believer that's another conversation but i i'm not particularly a fan of social media because most of it is bullshit. People are just posting stuff that is rubbish. And it's, it doesn't make, you know, it can, it's, I've had it myself where it just doesn't make you feel good. And it's like, oh. And then, but when you actually take a step back, it's like, actually, I, I haven't done too badly, you know. But there's always going to be something to compare yourself. So just in those, when you're in those head spaces as well, that's kind of when I find the worst time. So, yeah, just check on your mates. Mm. And finally, from what, what little advice I can give you, is just slow down. It really is. It's okay to just bring it down a gear. And this industry is very intense, and it can chew you up and spit you out. And I think, you know, obviously, we've all got our own experiences of that, myself included. So for me, I'd just say, look, it's okay for you to meet the industry on your own terms. Don't feel like you've got to go at a million miles an hour. Don't feel like you've got to become somebody that you're not in order to feel like you have to conform to a certain thing in order to quote unquote make it because there's lots of different ways of making it. It doesn't all look like standing in front of 20,000 people playing records. There's lots of different paths and just find what's right for you and go at your own pace. It's as simple as that. All right, guys, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. 
to our panellists and of course to you lovely people. Thank you for your time and attention and we'll see you across the weekend. Thanks. Well, there was the panel from Electronic Sound Summit 2020. Oh, feels like a completely different world. Honestly, it feels like that happened 10 years ago, not just last year. Shows you how much the world has changed in such a short period of time, doesn't it? But I hope you enjoyed that, got a lot out of it. You know, I certainly enjoyed moderating that panel, putting it together. Again, thank you to Denny for being a great artistic voice on there. Thanks to Jono from ACS Hearing Protection, who is just a brilliant guy and works for a brilliant company. And they have been protecting my ears with custom molded ear plugs for a long time now and i would highly highly recommend them and also thank you to neil davis our in-house health and wellness expert here at myt and also the front man the founder the creative genius behind future vibes so check all of these people out on social media check out liverpool audio on instagram again for announcements around 2021's electronic sound summit it's all going to be in the baltic quarter as i say myt is going to be a very big presence there again this year we've got some great plans for it look forward to sharing all of those with you soon we've got some cracking guests coming up in the next few episodes of beyond the studio but that will be it for today i hope you are well i hope you're enjoying springtime if you're on this side of the world and i hope you're staying safe and thriving no matter what you're up to and no matter where you are in the world thank you very much for listening again if you haven't already please do consider subscribing it makes a massive difference to the algorithm it helps us do more work with greater greater numbers of people it really does make a massive difference and if you got something from this episode please let me know on social media make you our transition on instagram i am also on instagram personally as well at paul nolan sound feel free to drop me a line and tell me what you thought of the episode and please do share it with your friends as well I shall see you at the very same time next week for another episode of Beyond the Studio. Take care. Goodbye.